Greetings, citizens of Earth. You are barking a happy tune with my pal Smurf of Smurf and the Magic Tones on 5280 Geek. Live from the Vegas studios, it is Weekend Geek Update. Smurf here. We are sponsored by, of course, the wonderful enigmatic Susie Q's. She says hi, but she's in the midst of doing whatever she's got going on. This week, as promised on last week's podcast, we have the infamous, the, the pugilist of the public word, the everyman's arm wrestling champion, Joe Valen. Hey, what's up, man? How are you doing? <laughs> nice to see you. It's Good been so to see long, you. Man. Dude, it's been like a lifetime. So here's how much I like you. Okay. Okay, let me Tell explain me. to your, your audience here. Okay. Lay it on me. I like you this much. Where uh, <clears throat> I said, where's your studio? You said, yeah, Lakewood. No, I gave you the address. I just said it was Endeavor. But okay, But continue. after you said Lakewood, I said, uh, awesome. I got, a, I got a signing in Lakewood that same day. This will be great. Okay. So we get to the hotel in Lakewood. Lakewood. And uh, Liquid ready. has hotels, right? And then we we had everything kind of planned out, and then Lily said, "Okay, now we're off to Aurora." Yeah, 40, thirty-eight minutes across town. Just think, you get the, the rain, get the quality time with the beautiful Lily. So my point is <laughs> that you love me. Is this is how much I like you? <laughs> like you? Come on, we're little love, love, little bromance, little bromance. I don't, I don't say that word lightly. I know that. I have. To. I know that's like a blood oath, and later we've got to like. Slice I'd our say, hands. I'd say we're and, on track. Do that. We're on track. I'll okay. give you that. And I'd say that is far better than most. I w- I appreciate that. Far better than most. You are on track. You are actually on track to get a ghetto pass if you, <gasps> if you continue on. Wow. Okay. I'm, you've t- been going. I'm total total in for that. You've always been solid, and I've had my hiccups in the comic industry, and that's your gig. And um, I don't pay attention. That shit. You've never even brought it up to me. Nope. No. It, it doesn't. I love it, that. No. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody's got hiccups. What I look at, yeah. and this has been an ongoing topic between PJ. PJ's running the camera this week, folks. Ryan, Ryan's on assignment. He'll be back. He has something that he's working on. It's a Ghostbuster versus the Dark Lord. It's great. He showed me some pics. It turned out really good. Um, so that's coming. But I don't need to bring it up because if one thing that I can say, and PJ talking to I about this, you complete projects. You get shit done. I really try. When I am, when I am the entirety of the team, it gets done. But when you pair me up with another human being, uh, quite often it will not get done. And the reason being is because um, we stop being a team. Oh, okay. So very often we stop being a team. So I've, I've recognized two things. I can okay. say this. All right. I can say most of the people that I've worked with in comics were um, uh, uh, useless, <laughs> I think is the word. But, but, I know, but. You're, I know you're listening. Actually, However. A lot of these are friends of yours. Of course. But. But I've called them useless sometimes. But you've known who's fallen <laughs> off with me, and know. you know I get stuff done. Like me or hate me, if we start a project, I will finish this project just from the business alone. Hang in there. Yeah. What the hell's your problem? you got to see it through. I finished the damn script. Anyway. So, <laughs> what were we saying? How much, how much does Lily crack, crack the whip on you, keep you on track? N- not as much lately, no? I would say. I crack oh. all the whips. Well, Lily house, did, yeah. not to take the thunder from you. No, no. Lily did an incredible series, and I have to applaud her, of Why Not to Self-Publish. Oh, I love that series. Yeah, totally. And, and she did an incredible job. If you haven't watched it yet, um, flip over to her YouTube channel. Say hi. Um, you can say hi. 
You'll you'll boost my ratings just by showing there's up. Lily. There, there you go. There's Lily. Um, <laughs> She's who designed my books. Yes, the Unkillable so, Joe, which yep. we will get to. Yep. I'm excited to s- find out about um, book number two. Yeah, and I actually have to give you the updated Unkillable Joe, the fourth edition. The fourth edition. I don't know how many editions, but the final. Okay. So this is which the I'm final. fine with. Yeah. Which it's, makes sense. Like if somebody says, "Hey, uh, let me borrow that book. Give them the good one." Yes. So Lily did this great series of why not to self-publish, and I don't want to ruin anything. No spoilers. Uh, flip over, give it a watch. It's very, it's very enlightening. Ninth House Media on YouTube, especially since we're going through this with the self-publishing for Red. You remember Red? We're finishing her children's book. It is done. We've oh, got the Isbin. Okay. We've got the copyright. We've got all of it done, and she will be having that unveiled at the Colorado Festival of Horror. That's an exciting time. Yes, and her little book is uh, targeted from ages. Three to eight, or something so like I that. Can read it. Yeah, I mean, we, we can we can understand the big words because it's a picture book, and it's it's very cute. It's very it's very adorable. So yeah, she's excited and she's she's a mess. She's an absolute mess. It's a weird time. I would say um, I would say take out any just just step away from it. Uh, go, oh yeah, go for a hike. Uh, you know, just detach yourself from this project. I mean, it's it's weird. We drink wine. The reason that Lily and I hooked up business-wise was because I, it's hard to handle rejection when it's your baby. Yes. When, when you have poured your soul into something and an agent says, this is crap, and then you release it later on your own and turns out it wasn't crap and people really like it and you make a lot of money, um, then, then you do it again. Well, you do it over and over you again. do it over and over. I actually did it twice, and right now uh, I'm on a hiatus because I just completed my first television show. Like... When you say completed, you were on, you're in, Written. or okay. Written. Wow. I just wrote my first three-season show, and um, I got the treatment all done and uh, by request from someone, and I turned it in. Nice. And we are I'm now, sure NDAs are in place and all of that, and I completely understand, yeah, but that's now, still impressive. We're now listening to the silence, and the days are ticking by, and we're going, he's, he's abandoned us. We're like on this island, just sitting there going, <laughs> I just put in all this time, and I heard nothing back, but... Here's the thing. Silence from this particular person is probably a good thing right now. Probably. So I'm going to let it ride. But it was a request, and it was. Well, if you were if you were hired, if you were tapped, as we like to <laughs> in the business, you got tapped. Um, you know, that's that's a good thing. That's that's yeah. progress. And, well, and I forced Gump my way into this one. This wasn't something that I actually earned via. Did you a run roundup. towards the bullets. I'm <laughs> well, it was okay. I met a I met a uh, a very eccentric personality in uh, Central City, Colorado, um, at a dispensary near one of the casinos, and he was wearing Batman pajamas. <laughs> And he had these brightly colored shades, and this girl. Okay, on not his what arm, I would expect. <laughs> the girl on his arm was half sentient, and um, I liked him instantly. He was about six five. He looked like he, he was this big blonde surfer. Dude. Big monster. I just thought he was cool, and yeah. we just walked at each other. And I said, "Those are cool pajamas." And he said, "That's a cool hat." I had a Batman hat, and uh, you know, we smoked, we hung out, and then he invited me on my first podcast interview on Way High Radio. In a town called Ward, Colorado, that was the weirdest town oh I've my ever seen. God, you know what Ward is? I know what Ward is. That's yes. where I went. Okay, oh my so, God! Right, so I'm at Ward, <laughs> and we. Th- go this, into this is like a toothless backwoods Alabama town. Okay, let's it, just get that straight. <laughs> it is off the map uh, for sure, but we were in one of the trailers of the recording studio <laughs> that was next to one of the trailers that was the post office, and uh, we were it's inside like a mining community up there. Needless to say, we 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 partied. And, of course. Uh, we were on the radio for about an hour and a half, and it turned into, into like, Joe Valen's um, 
Soapbox? Spitshine mixtape. You know, nice. Like anything I could think of that I okay. wanted to hear, we'd play the song, and then I'd tell my thoughts about the song. Nice. And we were just so out of our tree. Did you take callers? Was this live? Yeah, it was live. We actually got shut down. We actually, they, they actually were pounding on the door. We're like, get out, leave. So uh, <laughs> we just got out of hand, and I went and took a piss outside at one point, and I was so out of my tree. And then when, this is when I first got to Colorado. I didn't know anyone, and I just met right. this dude. And uh, anyway, his dad turned out to be a producer. Oh, okay. And so now we're how many years later? Uh, five. <laughs> like five, five years, years later, and he hits me up, and he goes, hey, man, what's up? And he's a crazy dude. And I'm like, what's up, man? And he goes, that documentary you talked about, we're filming it. Get ready. Wow. And I said, what? what? So there's a documentary about me and my writing journey. <laughs> and uh, It's I'll, a good journey, though. I'm kind of coming in at halftime. It's... I'm, I'm enjoying it so far. It's weird. It's like a mental health journey, too. Right. So, which is what my writing is. But um, You do exercise some demons in that first book. I'm uh, not going to lie. Wait till you read the second book. Oh, I can't wait. So The first book is darker, I would say. I'd say Unkillable Joe is definitely darker than bestseller. Okay. Um, my second book is called International Bestselling Author Joe Valen. By me, Joe Valen. Um, but this one is... Um, this one, the people that liked it love it to a point where I don't understand it. Like, they really okay. love it. Okay. But the people that didn't like it were like, it was crass. You beat me over the head with this, that, this. And I totally get where they're coming from. Okay. So this was my first book, and I love it. But at the same time, this book, the second book, was more for those people, too. Okay. And it was more to say, well, how broad an audience could I cast a net for? Right. Considering that I'm a very abrasive, you know, certain type of personality. You're very direct. I'm direct. I don't know if I would call you abrasive because you're not you. Yes, but you don't set out to like be a jackass. No. I mean, you're very to the point. You're very direct, and some people would call that abrasive. Some people would just call that honest. I think. I think from a <laughs> lifetime of suffering fools, it's actually diminished my patience to the point where I act foolish. Uh, you know, when I want to get rid of these people, and it ma- <laughs> it makes me like them. Uh, they drag me to their level. I end up yelling and being a dick, and then later going. How did I let that nothing affect me? All right. And it happens all the time. So I'm, I'm definitely, that's my curse is that I, I still take things to heart and I still care. And then, but I would say this, if you've had a project, a long-term project that's gone belly up because somebody just fell out of love with it or whatever the excuses you've heard in the comic industry. Yes. You're pretty much prepared for anything less than that. Yes. So really when other stuff pops up in my life now that annoys me, it's like, I'll bitch a little bit, but I'm okay. That's good. Yeah, it does. Like even on the way here, I was bitching, right? How much was I bitching on a scale from one to ten? It was a, it's six. Six or seven? That's not too bad. That seems high. Six or seven? I thought it was like a two or three. All right. Anyway, I don't know. I guess it depends. On I got to calibrate. Is what we were learning. Here. What, what, <laughs> so my two is other people's six. So, but no, I like it. And and listen, I I don't ever want to gerbilize myself fully. No, of course not. But at the same time, I am uh, uh, sanding uh, the the corners down. And so um, you're not as sharp, not as pointy. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to be a little more not likable because it's not like I got beaten up and I'm surrendering and now I'm playing by the rules. It's not like that. I hate that beaten dog sort of creator. That's never going to be me. The count, but, the counterculture, is it there? But I'm not that as mad as I used to be at certain people or things. Like even even like. My most recent projects that went belly up because of a person or people. Right. I'm not even mad at those people anymore because I went on to do that. Right. So how could I be mad? It's true. So it's kind of like, guys, I may be stuck in novels indefinitely because it's the only... Film is tough because you have to move to L.A. You have to be present for pitch meetings. You you need to be there for two times for pitch season, mm-hmm. I, I believe, for a month at a time. Yeah. I got to be renting a place out there. 
why? I got to live in L.A.? That's the last place imaginable for me to live in. I live in Colorado. I, don't, I could not see you. You would go nuts. I would LA. go nuts. In LA. You would go nuts. We're going further out. We're actually you looking, told me this. We're looking to northern Maine. What the? F- it's cold as balls up there. So am I. No. <laughs> no. But You're going to turn her into a popsicle. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. We're it right is, on the ocean. It is beautiful. Canadian I mean, border right there. Wisconsin. I, I know the area well. Mm-hmm. New York, Jersey. I've been up in there. I've spent winters there. They're not pleasant. No. No. But I don't think Maine is as cold as New York, for example. I'm from No. I think New York's colder, actually. I would pr- like probably Buffalo? agree. Yeah, because when you get the boroughs, yeah, Buffalo's, Buffalo's like Chicago nasty. Is like, that's uh. why people shoot each other in Chicago. It's <laughs> actually because of how cold it is. And that's how I was going to say that, that they're cranky, but okay, yeah. we'll go with that. <laughs> well, it's like Florida. The sun cooks their brain. In Colorado, the altitude, we're already operating on one beer each. Sure. All of us. Right? There's, yeah. there's these places that you live in that add to your craziness. And then people identify their craziness with the place they're in and being like, well, I'm from Colorado. That's why I'm like this. Oh, yeah. See, Red's got a theory because she's like, I hate people who do that because there's like Texans, yeah. New Yorkers, and Coloradoans. Yeah. Those, tr- those true blue, these like, yeah. I've really tried can't. to shed my New York roots, but it, it's funny because it's like I have this weird ingrained pride about being a New Yorker where it's like, like I'm, you, we talked about me being, you know, a little, little rough around the edges and yeah. things like that. In New York, I'm not. No, I'm a gentleman. You, you are, York. you are, you are docile for New <laughs> yes. York standards. In New York, I'm yeah, exactly. So, but see, I appreciate people from New York because they tell you why you you piss them off. Mm-hmm. There's there's no there's no mincing of words. Yeah. There's there's no there's no question. They also respect time above all things. Yes, like, if you ask somebody how to get to the subway, they might say that way, asshole. <laughs> but you got your answer. Get your answer right. You ask somebody from the south how to get to a certain place, and you'll hear their life story. So it, all right, let me tell you about this time when I was yeah. on the way to Route 66 is what you're going to take. And then when you're on the way, <laughs> don't go, that way. Don't go and, that way. And by the way, that's where we have moved. So Lily and I got a house <laughs> in that place you just described. And uh, can you imagine me? So I feel like Larry David walking around trying not to get into arguments with everyone. But it's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's so perfect. I hear it in my head all day. But Maine. Maine is beautiful. Maine is beautiful, but. Stephen King's got it right. And let me tell you, here's, here's what I've learned about writing novels okay. and, and the failures I've had in comics. Okay. Okay? Comics is a tough nut. We can get to comics in a minute. <laughs> totally. And at the highest level, it's a, it's a train wreck. Yes. So we all know that. Uh, so I don't take it to heart anymore. I don't think it's me that's the problem. I think I'm part of the problem. I think that, yes, <laughs> could I have been a nicer gent when things have gone south? Sure. Sure, Anybody absolutely. can. But it's comics. You guys got to understand, comics suck ass. Being in comics means that you're going to be unhappy and humiliated and embarrassed on a quarterly basis. Every time you look at your sales, you're going to get more and more hostile. Every time <laughs> you launch a new Kickstarter, you're going to annoy your friends. Um, every time you submit something, you're going to not hear something back, usually. So th- there's a lot of things in comics that make it... I still have love for the medium. Right. You know well, I mean? you grew up on books. And I have completed scripts that are good to go right. that I will sell. I will sell these scripts, but I will not be the project manager. I will not be, like, the guy riding everybody. Right. Keeping up deadlines. Not your gig. Doing marketing. Right. So now Lily does that stuff. Right. Which is a huge help for me. So now I can just be creative. And now that I have all the creative time in the world, you got I have nothing. writer's block. You've got nothing. Got I got writer's block. <laughs> Sorry for the yelling. You better mix that in the post. You're fine. So anyway. But, I, got uh, you, I got you dialed down a little bit, actually, over there. But, uh, yeah, I'm having a huge writer's block now. I finished that show, which I love. Um, so how much time did it take for you to do the show? Like from, from green light to handing it off? How long did I work on that? 
He would know better than I do. Three months solid. Three months. About, but it was a year and a half of concept. Okay. So it was about a year and a half of concept. While, and pieces were taken from the comics, too. Like, it was right. like, this is a cool concept. Let's put it over here. Okay. Um, so it's absolutely been a total fluid motion for the last couple of years. I shredded it. Okay. I shredded it. If I find the right project, I will shred it. I will, I will <laughs> beat the shit out of a project. Uh, if I find just the right one. But other than that, it's like pulling teeth. Right. Very, very tough to write when I, I don't have it. Okay. When I'm not hot on the track. Not feeling the, not feeling the you flow. you got to be the bloodhound. And, right. and once you smell the story and you've got the scent, then you can crush it. Right. But other than – or at least me. Uh, but other than that, I feel like a pile of shit. I, you can't get anything done. You just sit there. You're Well, I mean, in, in regards – I mean, Stephen King writes like that where he gets like – I mean, misery's not too far off from how he is in real life. When he gets a story, he just you know goes yeah. to that one secluded spot and just hammers He's hammers it out. I, I mean, he he musters the daily. Yeah. And the thing about the daily is, I don't ever want to become my stories. I always want to be the guy that gets to read them at the end. And I think if I didn't take a break like Mr. King, I would just be it. It would just be what I am is just this pecking machine from 2 to 6 p.m. He's got this gentlemanly schedule um, or whatever. Uh, but at the same time, I just I don't have it like that. And I don't have that many stories in me. I think I probably have 12 to 20 solid stories in me. That's a lot. Don't I mean, I wouldn't discount that. I mean, it's a good it's a that's, good that's more than like Dean Koontz has put out. But I have two out currently, so let's not let's not talk too much trash. True. So I still have to write 18 more to get to that. Level. Well, yeah, right. Once but. you get over this writer's block. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck writer's block, man. It's the stupidest thing. It's weird. And sometimes you sit down and you'll write 5,000 words of great stuff and you just crush it. Yeah. And it came out of nowhere. And you feel like, I don't, it feels like, uh, have you ever been hit in the face by a flying bird? Yes, actually. It's like that. It's like, what the fuck just happened? Yeah, like, you, were going you, you got shit and feathers all over in you. It's just out of the blue, yeah. She's making small talk with me. I can't hear a word she's saying. <laughs> like, I, I don't know what's going on. My cat's crying. You know, it's just like, <laughs> Jesus Christ. I'm coming out of like a... a the a, cat's a, crying, a Jesus. Johnny Darko portal, you know. It's, it's the worst. <laughs> the bunny made me do it. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyway, that's what the chess is about, too. It's about, okay. like, taking me out of fantasy land. Yeah, but that's still, like you said, that's still an intense sport. I mean, because I've, I've watched, like professional chess players and they've got the clock and they're boom 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 i mean and they've got theorem and you know strategy yeah. and i mean that is just i applaud those people because that is some high brain shit right it's there. an addiction i i was saying before we got on the air that i think chess is the most brutal hobby a person could take up i mean in no other way could a person politely call you stupid you know than on a chessboard. yeah like you suck. Yeah, and they don't even have to say a word. They can no. just look you in the eye after making a move, and you just know there's. It's like echoing in your. Head. And I know this may come as a as a shock, Stupid. as strange form, but flipping the table or hitting them with the chessboard yeah. is bad form. Right. I, I heard you can't do that. Which is funny. I I cut my teeth on uh, chess playing with bikers. Uh, there's a lot of bikers. See, and there there's and we used to. Play there's chess such and, a contrast right there. But you know what's funny? There was none of that. There was none of the. We knew not to flip a board. You flip wow. a board, you're, then you're in trouble. You're that's yeah. that's trouble. Yes, in a biker. The, the board is sacred. It's like it's like uh, neutral ground. Oh, yeah. Highlander. Oh, I like it. Yeah, and it was actually a good way to uh, keep tensions down too. Like if you saw people are tense, maybe a couple guys don't like each other in the room. Right. You know, it's a little shitty. settle it out that way. Different groups, you know. Right. Yeah, you just put the table there somewhere, and people just kind of meander over to it. And then when people get bored enough, they start watching, and then it becomes a soothing thing. People relax a bit. Yeah. So I've never seen anybody freak out over a chess table. I can say. 
but it does get really intense. It does right. get very intense. Yeah. Because I've seen I've seen nervous breakdowns at, at chess tournaments. Yeah, I want to open up. I was telling Lily I want I had some type of adult like Dave and Buster's scenario where you could go in and arm wrestle and play chess with masters and you know that would be cool archery and something cool. You know, just mix up a whole bunch of you know. This is a whole new YMCA level oh, here. It would be great. <laughs> it would be great. Nobody has any vision anymore. It's all corporate. Yeah, well, they they're the ones that are paying for it. That's the problem. That's the problem. Yeah, they're the ones paying That's for the it. Problem. Although you know, if you can't beat them on the archery range let's go sit down and have a friendly game of chess i like that it's good to see you man it's been it's a good while to see you shit so it's nice to be here anyway what do you what do you got going on in your life uh this you saw the studio yeah it's the studio is is yeah. has consumed a good portion of our our existence mm-hmm. um putting it together we're creating content for people online for their media for for their presence and mm-hmm. it, it continues we get new clients where can i day. find your site again uh 528geek.com but we do other stuff for other clients. It's all over the place. Get with Smurf if you need anything. Yes. We'll create anything for you. Yeah. We're good. And then, oh, plug for Lily. If uh, you need a book shepherd or a project yes. manager, um, I think you're you're out of social media stuff now. You're kind of past all that, or are you still doing it? I'm still all over. Ninth okay. Ninthhousemedia.com. Nice. Yeah. I like it. Because we last time saw you, it was at Enchanted Grounds on the other side of town. Oh, that was fun. I had a good time there. It was a good time. That was good. But it's so, so much different now. <laughs> Did we have to leave early that time, too? Did we have a thing that day, too? I don't know. I, I know you were on a clicking talk clock, I think. Maybe, maybe clicking clock. Yeah. yeah. You always I, have time. Oh, I think that was when Chuck Palnick was in town. And we were going to his Oh, line. you were, because I... I meet I, Chuck Palnick. Yes. That was awesome. That was a good story. Yeah. I, saw, I saw the... The, the picture of you and Chuck all... Yeah, it was weird. I wanted to do the uh, Predator handshake with him. Right. And he's got some weird fight club pose he does where he grabs people and it's kind of right, like arm wrestling. Right, he pulls them in. He brings yeah. the other arm up like, like that, like a Frank Miller, you know, Bruce Wayne on the cover. It is, and it is kind of awkward, Dark Knight-ish. I told or, him as much. You yeah. Know? And I said, it's a little weird, man. I go, let's do Predator. He goes, no, we're doing this. And, I was, and he was more... Talk about intense. He has a whole other level Paul of Mike just... Is intense. He's yes. He's an intense bastard. He was pulling me around. So. I can't see anyone pulling you around. But uh, to be fair, Paul Nick is a big guy. He is. I think, well, what I got from when we gripped up yeah. was that, and I'm not saying this to be cocky, I'm positive I'm stronger than him. Hmm. But he was wiry, and he was stronger than I wiry thought. Wiry old man? He was probably about a buck sixty when I saw him. Okay. Uh, but he was lean, and he looked good, and he was wearing like one of those tight those tight like uh, workout athletes. Oh, like an like a Under Armour? Yeah, he was wearing like Under Armour, and I... He threw me off with all this, and then he told Lily a cool story about Trent Reznor uh, drunk dialing him, and some other stuff. Yeah, okay. it was weird. It was, That's it was, odd. That's yeah. a Trent Reznor. If you ever want to drunk dial me, by all means, hit me up. I'd love to talk. Well, it was because Trent heard that Chuck wrote Fight Club to the Downward Spiral, which is true. Which is true. And Chuck confirmed that with Lily. All right. Uh, Chuck confirms that with Trent. Trent gives Chuck lifetime passes, backstage passes, all his stuff. So Chuck starts hanging out with the guy. Right. So I fair think he, fair. he went to a show or two, from what I gather from the story. Okay. And then after that, late at night, he would get a call from a drunken Trent Reznor just <laughs> spilling his guts, and uh, which I'm not trashing him. He's like one of my favorite all-time Oh, absolutely. Performers. Trent is just... Uh, Nine Inch Nails when I was a kid. I know now it's funny. I don't listen to as much Nin as I did when I was a kid. Right. But if, you know, you're a 90s kid. Well, that's... Uh, Nine that Inch was, Nails hit hard. That was. And then he's got like all of the, the Oscars now. And, I mean, all of the music that he's composed with for John films Baptiste and all of the, that. The Late Show, he did something recently and won, yeah. won an Oscar. So he's, 
he's actually just bloomed into this like and the social network the only reason to watch that is his soundtrack. His sound has yeah, absolutely. So um, yeah, yeah, he's yeah. he's won Oscars. I, I think he's won three I, for original score, um, original um, composition. He's got a couple of them. I have to look them up. But yeah, yeah. Res- Reznor's has got Oscars. <laughs> yeah, and it's going to sound condescending coming from a man who will never touch his level of fame. But um, I'm really proud of him. No, absolutely. <laughs> well, when you think because when you think Nine Inch Nails, you think scuzzy '90s metal band. March of the Pigs, man. Yeah, all day. Give me, and you know. I, everyone that was in that group, Happiness long and slavery. That yeah, was jam for a while. Like, Emo, uh, and he's just elevated to like three piece suits, hair slicked back, the exact opposite of what you would expect from a Nine Inch there's Nails. There's certain things that have paired together to to make me who I am, and one of them is Nine Inch Nails and martial arts. Uh, right when Nine Inch Nails was coming out with the downward spiral, I think it was 94 right. or whatever, it was just I didn't know what to do with all my energy. Right. And I started going to martial arts class a lot more often and sparring a lot with my friends and stuff. Kay. And I started listening to metal. So, like, really, metal and fighting, like, went together. And not in a dark way, either. Like, I didn't want to hurt anyone. It was very sportsmanlike. Right. Um, my friends all got good, and we all got talented together. Uh, but, really, those two went together, and I think if I wouldn't have found metal... I don't think I would have gotten into combat sports at all. No, so. I, I can understand that. I mean, Rob Zombie and Blade. I mean, that just kind of it just yeah. really worked. Yeah, I was a really timid <laughs> kid, and then like Japanese anime got me into uh, swordsmanship. Hmm. And as dorky as that sounds, uh, you know, that dorky. I went full circle to actually knowing what I'm doing with a sword now. And uh, I don't know. It's just weird how your influences shape your future hobbies too so how much of that has come through because you and i spoke and i know the answer but it's probably been a while since anyone has heard the story of you know the author joe valen versus the character joe valen one in the same (laughs) um it's just it's part of the multiverse because you know (sighs) careful i I heard the multiverse went boom (laughs) yeah right well most scientists believe in a multiverse Mm -hmm. now and it's got me thinking and then you also look at things like deja vu, possibility, quantum theory. You know, not like I'm into any of this stuff, but just right. on, uh, in, my, in my caveman brain, okay. where I've gotten to with this is, okay, there's an infinite amount of me. So ergo, what makes this one any special? Well, I'm the narrator. Right. You're so the hero of the story. If I make another Joe, he actually does exist somewhere, which is why you, you kind of carry weight when you kill off characters. Because you're wondering if on a metaphysical level you actually did just murder somebody. <laughs> and uh, for me, Wow, anyway, that's some deep shit right there. Writers are cold people for that reason. Oh, yeah. We get dead inside, not because of rejection, but because of all the murders we've committed. And uh, Which works, because I've had conversations with authors who say that their, their characters have taken on a life of their own. Sure. That they can't, they can't write this way because their character doesn't doesn't want to do that happens a million times and yeah. and to your theory that's that's some pretty as soon, metaphysical as soon as i know the characters they do their own thing so right. what i do is i make myself a, a protagonist in all my stories so this way i have a man on the inside that i know what he would do he's on the low low i know what joe would do yes <laughs> i know what joe would do in this scenario you know there's a good scene in uh lilith's cradle my, my old comic where there's this uh, massive demon by the name of Bar- barku who teleports to earth and he comes crashing out of the tree line as Joe right. is uh, cruising uh, along a nighttime uh, coastal windy road on his Harley. And this thing comes crashing out in the road, and Joe lays down his Harley immediately, and the thing stops it with his foot and looks up at him, and Joe comes up shooting. Um, I know for a fact I would come up shooting. All right. So that's kind of like a scenario right there where I'm like, shoot it! 
So anytime I feel like that, like if, if I put myself there and I freak out and do something, right. my character does it. Okay. And this is That's actually a very good theory theory. I mean that works well. It enables you to pants a story, what's called pantsing. Yeah. Where you have no outline and you just write to find out what happens. That's how I wrote Unkillable Joe. With bestseller, I had a meticulous outline. Oh. Very different story. This one will feel more like a pro novel, quote unquote. Okay. Uh, this one is more like, what the hell did I just read? Well, yeah. I, would, I wouldn't go as far as saying, what the hell did I just read? Yeah. I, when I got done with the first book, yeah. I felt like I had been on a five-hour-long roller coaster. Yeah. And I, it, was, it was bouncy, it was turvy, it was up, it was down, it was all over, and I wanted to go back. And you now know me better than yes. either of us would care to admit, because that book is like, it's like, it's like all my readers have been in my guts now, and... Uh, it's very exposed. Swimming in your belly. Yeah. I feel like I need, like, like a long sleeve shirt or something. <laughs> like, I, I, I feel like I need a blanket. <laughs> yeah, I feel very exposed. Sorry we don't have any binkies here. And it's really weird because people that have known me my whole life that read it, like, that's even more embarrassing because then you have that talk where it's like... Well, and I'm sure you've probably exercised demons since last we spoke because they have read it. And they're, they're probably come to you and say, tell me about this. I mean, has there been some, like... You know, it's where, it's where part of this mental health documentary came from. Right, was my writing and stuff, and then I'm also the subject of that too. So, like, here's the thing: uh, you know, I do occasionally need a bit of help in the old grape, and uh, <laughs> the reason being is because I think I'm carrying too much darkness in there. So the writing really helps me vent that. Uh, the occasional mental health professional uh, isn't out of uh, the norm. I think that's a good thing. Uh, I think more people should see mental health professionals for sure, especially right now. Actually, just take a serious moment. Um, right now is like the worst time ever for that stuff. Oh, yeah. Uh, so we have to acknowledge that. We can't act like everything's, uh, you know, normal. We understand there's people out there suffering and whatever. Uh, you guys should really go see somebody. I'm not kidding. I felt a lot better, a lot better after I've done it. Um, and Lily rubs my back every night, and I still needed to vent. Wow. That's how much rage I have. Wow. You are rage against the machine. I'm a rageaholic. <laughs> so anyway, go get some help if you need it for sure. Don't f- be too proud, and don't think money is an option or uh, an obstacle either. You will find a way if if you set your mind to it. And, well, and uh, I, I mean, a lot of free options out there. Too. Absolutely, and the mental health issue with everything closing down, opening back up. There's a lot of anxiety and angsty people that are still there, even though we're this oh, yeah. far removed from it. Not a lot of people have. It was a rough year. Yeah. There's a lot of, and people are still, still reeling. And when it looks like we're going to go for round two, everyone is like, you know, don't make me go back in the box. Right. Well, one of the reasons that mental health is a big crusade of mine is because I'm uh, always shocked at how a change in perception can make me feel that, that differently. Right. And um, it's funny, like you could go see somebody or you could talk with a friend or whatever you need to do. I mean, get, get it out, write it. You know, I mean, right. This was this was preventing a time bomb. Right. Is what this was. That was that was that I was, was in a bad place. when That I was, was preventing game. a murder spree is probably, what that was. Probably. And I'm so <laughs> thankful because it turned out to be such a positive thing. If you can turn all that shittiness into something really positive, um, it's something that other people can latch on to. And you can sell these th- these things for the rest of your life. Yeah. You can promote them for the rest of your life. They will always help somebody. Aliens can read them long after we're gone. And, well, um, you're digital on these, right? You're on Amazon, yeah. so you will live forever on the webs. Yeah, and I'm going to get my voice out there, too, for the great duplication. Uh, basically, what I'm going for <laughs> is I'm trying to – it's not fame I'm after, guys. No, I don't we know that. Fame. It is a great amount of money. It's a great sum of money I'm trying to get, <laughs> which is why you should buy Unkillable Joe or international best-selling author Joe Valen by Joe Valen, me, 
Um, Shameless plug here. Because I need a lot of money. And well, you, reason, need, you need to continue. But the reason I need a lot of money is exactly right. I need to continue. I need to pay Bill Gates for the great duplication, where he's going to copy me from all my voice recordings on the Internet and everything else and tel- testimony from Lily and, and other people, and he will create a hologram that will live on forever. Uh, lawnmower man style. Lawnmower. St- I was going to say red dwarf style. Oh, that's pretty. Okay, <laughs> okay. But yes, that's what I'm going. You're for. probably less annoying than Rimmer any yeah. day of the week. There you but go. total, totally red dwarf. There you go. So yeah, I, I really want to be duplicated, and I want to. I want to go into the internet, and I think I'm going to need a shitload of money. All right. I think that's a fair analogy. That's why I want it. All right. Buy all my books. Buy all my books. Buy all two of them. Bastards. So, <laughs> is there a horror? I mean, speaking of avoiding a murder spree, Hi. is there a horror book in you do you feel i mean because you speak of darkness which you know there's a certain element there for for horror do you have the horror taste because i mean it is it is a particular vein because this is not horror this is this is suspense this is this is you know metaphysical this is fantasy yeah um action so it doesn't fall into the horror category yeah but could you slip into the horror realm? I could, and I was gonna. I had horror comics mm-hmm. in production, so I was gonna make Lilith's Cradle a horror comic. I was gonna make Dear Hearts a choose your own adventure novel. Nice. Um, I remember those back in the day. Novels. Here's the thing with horror. I start writing horror, and writing a book is a daily thing where you get pulled in, and you get you just you get lower and lower. You get mean. You get nasty. You get shitty. You get out of shape. Is that true? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> it's just like, yes. But it does affect you. It consumes you. It, the people around you have to understand you're writing right now. Like, right. That, this is a really happy time for Lily and I because it's between projects. Oh. I'm pretty easy going. Everything's fine. <laughs> but when things start to get heavy in the middle of my writing, because I think you get imposter syndrome, you feel like you suck, you feel like the story sucks, you feel like everything. Right. This is a bad investment of our time. So on. You're letting your family down because you've got to earn you know, your creator, and this is how you Worthless pay your bills. Worthless piece of shit. No one's going to, I'm going to be on the street. Okay, I'm with you. Exactly. I'm with you. So now you're like, idiot right, you know, and you're like forcing it, and now it's not going to work. It's a rough rough time, bro. Wow. Um, so that's why now I think is a good time. I do think, to answer your question, yes, I do have horror in me, and it comes out in elements, but I don't think I'll get out of that Joe Valen, like, dark comedy wheelhouse, because it I, works very well for you. Every time I try to write something else, I just have to make jokes. I have to bust balls. No. And you know what? And, you and know. I made this analogy, and I can make it now even more. After reading the book, you, you and Paul Nick are very similar. Yeah. yeah. You guys I, are very, yeah. especially when I read Survivor way back in the day. I love Survivor. And reading that, there were some, I was like, oh, I could totally see that. annoyed with me because I told him, uh, it took me a while to get your voice out of my writing because I read so many of your books. Yeah, and I can understand so I, that. I, I kind of chameleoned your... Ghost Story was kind of, or Ghost or whatever that one was. That, that was 25 different styles. Haunted. Yeah, that was, yeah, that's um, it. One of the grossest first chapters I've ever oh read. Oh my God, yes. <laughs> anyway, um, but no. It, so he got pissed about you liking Survivor? He didn't Survivor? get pissed, but he was like, you know, like you got my voice kind of deal, but it's like, no, man, we're in the same genre. Uh, but I would say this. I sound a lot more like Tom Robbins, if you ever read his stuff. Haven't. And he's he's actually named in this new book. But nice. It's not Tom Robbins. It's a monkey I buy for $300 million. And I name would him like Tom to Robbins buy a monkey? in this book. It's really funny. Uh, and he's a bad monkey. So no reflection Well, of on course, the nobody likes a good monkey. Right. So I'm a <laughs> tremendous fan, but I think I sound more like him or uh, like a suicidal Douglas Adams, you know. Like, if Douglas Adams was really suicidal, I think he'd come out with unkillable. I don't know. Some, some of the stuff he did for Doctor Who, I mean, we're... T- <laughs> yeah, right? So, I don't know. I'm a, big, uh, I'm a big snarky humor guy. I really like that a lot. I want to be entertained, too, when I read it. And um, How many times have you gone back to read your own stuff? 
Do you do that often? Like three or four, and during the editing quite a bit. But probably once a year I try to read something that I've written, and I pretend I know nothing about it. Okay. And I just go through it. And if I find edits, poor Lily has to make them. Oh. So that's why there's so many editions. Right. Because we're self-published, so I can... Well, that's an easier thing, because you can go on the Amazon, find the page, make the correction. Yeah. yeah. Bada boom, bada bing. Exactly. Exactly. So anyway, uh, but yeah, I'm just getting back out on the road now to promote this guy. This is a right. new book. So how long has that been done? January I finished it. But, okay. But COVID. No, understand. And all this crap. And then we had to wait for everything to open, so we kind of soft-launched it and sold it mainly to my friends and, and, and the internet. Okay. But... Um, but, yeah, we're just getting back out there. Tonight's my first signing. Yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, I can't keep you too much longer because everybody got you. We got to bounce. Yeah. yeah. But um, so where's your signing tonight and where where can they find you? How can they stock you? Where Where is all of that? Okay, so uh, tonight I'll be at the Flourish Art Gallery. And, guys, if you're in La- Lakewood. Lakewood. Not Aurora. Not Aurora. Lakewood. I recommend you go to the Flourish Art Gallery. I think they do things on Fridays mainly. First Friday. So they're first Friday. Do first Fridays and go there. It's like two art galleries connected. Really cool. Not not uh, the first Friday on Santa Fe Street. The first Friday in Lakewood. Lakewood. <laughs> uh, and yeah, Heather Sam owners. Really great people. Uh, just an awesome, really just cool space to hang okay. out in. I recommend you mix up your 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 going out schedule with it. Um, and then as far as my stuff, my name is Joe Valen with two L's, V A L L E N. Google that. There's my stuff. Um, you can get on Amazon, JoeValenWriter.com. Um, go to your local bookstore and ask for it. They can order it. Yeah, because you got to. I mean, part is, of Ingram is Ben and Ingram and all yeah, that stuff. So yeah, so you you can get my books anywhere. And I was really shocked to find out Unkillable Joe is in like twenty, thirty different countries. Wow, that's really cool. Okay, yeah, that I, works. I couldn't well. even read the ads for them. <laughs> so um, for it, but uh, yeah, guys, support Lily at Ninth House Media. That's cool. Support Smurf, Smurf, fifty two eighty Geek. Thank you. And uh, go to his website if you guys need anything. Uh, who else? Oh, support our friend Sav- Savannah Euland. Who's Savannah Euland? She is an author. She was trying to fly up here tonight. She couldn't. Oh, make it. that's uh, her sad. Flight was canceled. So yeah, support her. She has her first book out, uh, <gasps> Monster in Her Garden. Yes. Very cool. If she comes in, let her know. We I would love to have her. Also her fir- available her first on book, Ninth House Media. Her first books are always always exciting and just it's kind crazy. of like nervous energy. Yeah, third books are more just like all right. I'll chop off another finger. Fine. You know, like you make it point. sound so John Wickish. Fine, it just Fuck gets. I, no, I feel like more like Constantine. Oh, even better. I feel like just Constantine. just as tormented. I gotta though. take another goddamn shitty demon out of a fucking stupid mirror. <laughs> Give me a cigarette. Right, precious. He's gonna come collect me any minute. I don't see you chain smoking quite as quite as I heavily used to. as I was a chain smoker when I was a kid. Jesus. Yeah. So anyway, all right, I gotta go, but. So that's where they need to follow you. That's where you follow everything, guys. Okay. Easy peasy. Thank you for sitting in with us. I don't want to keep you and Lily any longer. Let's hang out more, man. And these are your books. Thank you. I will, I will give them a read. He's going to read the first one. Awesome. Because awesome. I, I know he's, he's already got it, and we'll give you a nice, nice sparkling review. Oh, I appreciate that. So, yeah, guys, read more books. Books are where it's at. And, you know, comics are cool. It's just tough to figure out which ones to support, which runs to follow. You gotta listen to Smurf. He'll let you know. Yes, um, I try. I try, but there's so many different things. It's really your crusade, isn't it? Yeah. To help people wade through the mountain of uh, or the waters of bullshit and and find that proper title for them. Yeah, I'm all about that. I've been doing that since '90s. You're a good man. Thank you. So, so in the meantime, run fast, laugh hard, and always be kind.